Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better, because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. If you enjoy Practical Prepping Podcast, we ask you to leave us a five-star review and tell your friends about it. We also ask you to consider supporting our podcast. You can do that by buying us a cup or two of coffee by going to www.buymeacoffee.com slash practicalprep. We appreciate any support to keep this podcast coming to you. Greetings and welcome to episode number 36. Can you believe we've done 36 episodes now? I cannot believe that. That's wonderful. The response has been amazing. We've had over 4,000 listeners. We've had downloads in 23 countries Hmm. and around 500 cities. That's amazing. And we're so, so thankful for all of that attention and interest in our little podcast. And we hope that we're providing some information that's of benefit to you, that helps you make life a little better in case of an emergency, in case of a disaster, in case you just break down on the side of the road. We hope we've given you some information that will be valuable to you and can be useful over time and that you can pass on to others, which brings us to our topic tonight, which is getting children involved in prepping. We certainly want to get our young children and our grandchildren involved in prepping, but we do not want to scare them. Absolutely not. I know that my mother-in-law years ago, not your mother, my first mother-in-law was very afraid of storms and She babysat our daughter, our youngest daughter, a lot uh, after school every day and during the summer. And in those storms, Grandma would get scared, and that passed on to our youngest daughter, and it took a while to break that. She would begin to get afraid when it thundered, and it took a while to break that, and she's not so afraid of those anymore. She's certainly not like her daddy, who enjoys a good thunderstorm. Well, regarding children, when you teach them things from a young age, and if you make it fun, it's more likely to become a lifestyle for them, a habit, something that they're going to enjoy and be good at doing. The book of Psalms says, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. So the time to be teaching our kids is when they're young. We don't want to be talking the end of the world as we know it, or an EMP, or long-term grid-down situations with young children. That instills fear in them, and we don't want them to be afraid. I think you said one of the keys to it. Make it fun. Make it fun for the kids. We can talk about practicing for when the power goes out, and they can have their own flashlight, and they can find their flashlight, and They can shine it all around, including in your eyes, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, the younger they are, the more likely it's to go into your eyes. You can get them a little headlamp for them to wear in a shelter situation. You can even have glow sticks, light sticks to break them and hang them up in there so that the kids can be able to see anything that makes them not afraid 
and can make it fun for them. I think that gives them confidence because they're having a good time even in the midst of a power outage or a big blizzard or a snow day or whatever the situation is, where it might be a temporary situation there at home. And so you're making a bit of an adventure out of it. But as the years go by, they're going to look back on that and they're going to realize that, oh, you were actually training them to have skills and to have a thought process and to know that you can put your hands on items that you have stored up and prepped for and that they're going to know when they become adults and they have their own children and their own families or they're out on their own as a young adult, maybe a thousand miles away from you, that they're going to have the skills and the, the mental aptitude to know what to do when they need to do it. And that's what we want our kids to do. We want them to be responsible, healthy, well-rounded, mindful adults. And another thing here is to realize that these kids are going to read how you're responding to that. Absolutely. If you respond with fear, they will respond with fear. If you look at the lights out situation as an adventure, then they'll look at it as an adventure. If you laugh at it, they'll laugh at it. They'll take their cue from you. So depending on the age appropriateness, we can practice camping out in the living room. You can build a fort. You can make a fortress. You can camp out in your backyard or even at a campground or maybe even temporarily at a park. You can learn and practice things like fire making skills. Yeah, you were talking about that camping out in the living room. Yes, I can remember back in the dark ages as a kid building a fort with a blanket and a chair. You know, you can camp out in the living room, but do you know that that is a good skill in a power outage situation without heat? You can actually put up a tent in the living room and sleep under a bunch of quilts, and it's easier to stay warm inside that tent inside the house than it is to sleep in a bed without heat. Absolutely. And that's just one of those life-saving skills or something. And, you know, I think what Mark touched on earlier really makes a difference because children are looking to their parents for the type of aptitude and confidence that they need because your parents are the ones in control. They're the ones in charge of you. And parents, you don't need to be falling apart, wringing your hands, crying and upset. You need to get a hold of yourself and realize that you're in control and you've got to model good adult mature behavior and just... Just go at it like it's a system and have a system, have a plan. We keep saying that with every podcast. Have a plan. If you don't have a plan, make a plan. Right. And this is a place, it's okay to fake it till you make it. Absolutely. You may be. Nobody knows everything. (laughs) Absolutely. But you may actually have fear. But if you fake it, if you act like you're not scared, you're not cowering in fear, then those children will be more confident. Well, and sometimes you have to take yourself there mentally. If it means singing a nonsensical song just to pass the time or having a fun game to play just with words or thoughts or that sort of thing, you you all know what I'm talking about. Keep the mind busy, and if need be, keep the fingers and hands busy, but... Help your children understand that flashlights and batteries and knowing where those kinds of things are are, is very, very important. So the next time your power goes out, your five-year-old or seven-year-old or nine-year-old will be able to run to the cabinet, the closet, the prepper pantry, or wherever it is that you have stored these things. They can be a great benefit to you. And believe me, kids want to help. So let them. Let them help you get through the situation 
and then talk about it later and talk about what a great job these kids did and how proud you are of them and and I mean, how that, good of that, a job you know, they're doing through this. Absolutely, because they're going to remember it. It's going to be a strong memory. I, I have memories of the power going out in our house when I was a kid, and that's just as rememberable to me this minute as it was when it happened because my parents handled it well and we knew what to do. And so that was a very big skill for them. I don't think anything rattled your dad. Probably not, but if it did, he certainly never. He showed didn't show it. it anyway. He was he was my superhero. Okay, you mentioned fire starting skills. How would we be doing that with young kids? Well, you know, obviously safety first. Always go about anything with fire starting. You've got to have some supervision. You know, we're not trying to tell you to tell your three year old how to start a fire on their own. No, of course, be mature and be responsible. But you can create a safe fire spot a fire pit, a camp out place or something of your building that's going to be appropriate. And of course, you may need to, in your particular area, you may need to get a permit for a fire. We don't know what your area permits are. Oh, so we're going to make this a cooking fire, so we don't need a permit. We always have a dozen <laughs> weenies on hand when we're burning boxes in case well, the fire department yeah. shows up. Mark works the system. He's, if we're running a fire in the backyard, yeah, we've got hot dogs standing by. That's exactly what I asked her the other day. We were burning some boxes, and I said, do you have some hot dogs? And she said, I've got some in the freezer. I said, good. We'll offer them to the firemen as well when they get here. <laughs> anyway. Let's go back to what we were talking about before all that. Help your children learn how to gather tinder and dry sticks and how to snap them down to an appropriate size and learn how to build a fire. You may just They may just watch while you do it. And then as your children get older, and I'm talking boys and girls, this isn't just one of these leave the girls out. I want the girls and the boys to learn together. This is something that is gender neutral. So teach all of your children. Yeah, I looked out the back window the other day, didn't even know you were outside and you had a fire built. Of course. I know how to build a fire. So, you know, have an end game. You know, if you're going to learn how to build a fire, what's going to be more fun for the kids? Okay, having some s'mores, you know, on that fire. So have an end game. Have something fun at the end of it. But they're going to learn and see and watch you build that fire. And there may come a time that they've learned to build a fire 30 years from now. Learning how to build a fire may save their life. And they're going to be ever grateful to you for teaching them that. One memory I have as a young child was dad teaching us how to bake a potato with a fire. Oh, how did he do that? And we buried them about three inches underground and built the fire on top of it. We built a pretty good fire. Now, the fire we're talking about with the kids here to make s'mores, it doesn't have to be a very big fire. In the West, they called it a hat-sized fire. You know, it can be a small fire, even smaller than a cooking fire. But we built a pretty good fire on it, let it burn for a few hours, and then when it died down and those coals finally burned out, we dug the potatoes up and they were cooked all the way through, mm-hmm. wrapped them in tinfoil, mm-hmm. buried them under the ground. How about that? I had never heard of that. Well, that's pretty cool. So you learned yeah. something tonight. Well, something else you can do is let them make a go bag of their own. And it can be whatever, a backpack, a a little tote bag, something to to put in a little change of clothes and a bottle of water, some crayons and coloring books, and they can have their very own go bag. Absolutely. And, you know, 
young kids like to wear a backpack. Mm-hmm. They do. They like to and have their important even if stuff in there. Even if it's nothing but their favorite toy and a bottle of water, they can put that in there, and then you can put those on, go hike around the backyard. Sure, or around the block, or maybe a nature trail, while everybody has their own gear bag, their own little bag of their own. So And carry you know. yours as well, even if you take half the stuff out of it just mm-hmm. for comfort, you know. Something, this is about the kids now. We're not talking about you being able to ruck a 50-pound bag somewhere. Right. We're talking about you being able to complete the hike with your bag on. So if you need to take or take a different bag, we've got several backpacks here. And if we were going to do this with the grandkids, I'd throw in a few bottles of water and some first aid stuff and a few other things. And we'd go on the way and I'd be carrying 10 pounds. I'm not going to carry a 30-pound backpack when we're doing this just for the kids' benefit. Well, something else I want to pop in here, too, is that neither Mark nor I were in the Scouts program. I was not a Girl Scout. He was not a Boy Scout. But a lot of our listeners were. I was actually a Cub Scout. Well, okay. You were a Cub Scout. You you got that on me. So We built a fire one time. There's listeners who have scouting experience that they learned as a kid, and it was really a lot of fun for them, and they learned a lot. They were getting badges and getting attention and getting winning those badges for that. So a lot of you have learned some of those scouting skills, and now you've got kids and grandkids, and maybe you just need to remember and stroll back down memory lane and do some of the fun things that you did as a scout that actually taught you the prepping type of skills we're talking about right here. Absolutely. And do you remember what the scouting motto is? I wasn't a scout, so how could I remember? It's half of our motto. It's always about being prepared. Be prepared. Yeah, be prepared. I know that's part of it. And as I began to study more about the scouts, I began to see how much more prepared they were preparing young men and women for being prepared. You had the Cub Scout pocket knife. You had the Cub Scout neckerchief. And then I learned how many things you can do with that neckerchief. And I carry a bandana today because of that very fact. You can make many of those things. I carry one in my back pocket usually, and I carry one in my EDC bag. And that might even be something fun you can do with the kids is how many things can you make with a bandana? You can put it on your head. You can wrap it around your head. You can make a neckerchief. You could make a uh, bandage. bandage. You can can make a sling. You can make a sling. You can filter filter water. Yeah, there's a lot of different games you can play just learning skills with simple things you have around the house. And you can use it like I did today as a towel to clean the coffee stains off of your desk. I don't know if anyone can hear that, but if you hear a galloping sound, we've got two cats that have decided that now is the time to play. So we've mentioned our cats before. For some reason, when we come into our podcast studio, they have to come in too and see about everything we're doing. Uh, A lot of times they're just walking over top of the board or the computer. And tonight they're playing games of chase. So just let you know that if you hear galloping, Galloping, it's two great big old cats. Yeah, one night, I don't know if you remember it, but one of the cats got up next to the microphone and began to purr. Oh, yeah, I remember. And I could not filter that out. Yeah, they're stalking each other right now, so. Back to the point. Okay. Even a three-year-old can have fun with this, and they can learn some things. Now, obviously, their attention span is not as long, but they can learn some things, and they can begin to see some of the things you do. And most behavior comes from modeled behavior, whether it's good or bad. You know, I wind up dealing with kids, and when I find a problem kid, I figure there's probably a problem parent, and they're learning this stuff at home. So 
Here's a point of deciding what you want to teach your children. We can instill in them a lifestyle of prepping by making it fun. Be consistent, teach them regularly, and practice regularly. You know, by involving our children and our grandchildren at young ages and teaching them what's appropriate for their age, we can instill in them the lifestyle of preparedness, and they can become a prepper before they even realize what the word means. Exactly. Like our grandparents never heard the word prepper. But they were the best. They were the best. <laughs> they knew what they were doing. Anything else you want to add tonight? Well, just make it fun. Involve the kids and be in control of yourself and make sure that your emotions and that your attitude is something that you would want your children to reflect. Your children reflect you, not only inside your home, but outside your home in a lot of cases. And yeah. so use this opportunity to create mature, wise, good thinking adults for the future. And you'll be able to look at your kids down the road and see a lot of yourself. And whether they'll admit it or not, one day they'll say something, do something, and they'll think that was my parents. And that's kind of their way of thanking you. And that's not a bad thing not if you all. teach them the right way. We love our kids. We love our kids. Thank you for listening to the podcast today, and please leave us a five-star review. That helps more people be able to hear this podcast. Share it with your friends and family. You can reach us on Facebook at Practical Prepping, email at info at practicalprepping.info, and our website is practicalprepping.info. And as always, remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.